hour in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. All right, we'll get back to your calls in a little bit. Also, I have a pair of Mets tickets to give away this final hour. Right now, I want to get some info from Detroit. Welcome in Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press, who covered the Detroit Lions. Uh, and look, there's been some, you know, I, I guess, Dave, I mean, I'm startled by this. I can imagine what the people in Detroit are, uh, are thinking about here with, uh, with Matt Patricia. Give me the latest, uh, from what you have on Matt Patricia and the recent, uh, allegations, I guess, that came out that were about 14 years ago, whatever, or however long it was. Actually, longer than that, 22 yeah. years ago. Yeah. 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 22 years ago, back when Matt was a, uh, a senior in college on spring break. And look, you're right. It was, uh, I, I think a lot of people up here were, were shocked too. He was um, indicted of, uh, for sexual assault. Uh, the, the case never went to trial. It was, it was dismissed. Um, and, you know, he said, and, and pretty much everyone in his background said that they didn't know about it until, you know, here the last couple of days when, when these reports surfaced that, you know, it's not something he brought up. No teams knew about, and the Lions certainly, uh, you know, did not find out about this in their background check, which uh, is a big question here in Detroit. How could the team that you know is investing this much money in such a high-level hire not have have come up with with some public information? And there are so many levels to this, Dave. Number one, I do have a hard time believing that an NFL franchise would would not find that, but yet a paper could go out there. That's how this came to light, right? One of the papers in Detroit uh, yeah. somehow found this and published the story? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, and you know, it's just certainly head-scratching to me, too. I'm, I'm actually writing a little something for, for this weekend. It'll probably post tomorrow online about just that. I mean, the, the whole vetting process and what teams go through. And, look, I think every team is different. You know, some teams contract uh, – uh, you know, these background checks, the outside firms, some teams use their in-house security personnel. You know, the Lions ran their, what they called their their standard, uh, you know, pre-employment background check. And uh, I, I'm not sure, you know, how they missed this. I mean, I know they used LexisNexis in, inside the, the walls over there at Allen Park, and it's something that popped up in, you know, our LexisNexis search at, at the Detroit Free Press. And um, so, yeah, it's something that, Look, they they need to be reexamining the relationship they have if it's with an outside firm or whoever did that that search because uh, when when you're able to find these public records and a team does not, it certainly um, you know creates questions about the uh, extensiveness of your search. Talking about Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press Lions beat writer uh, about the allegations against uh, Matt Patricia, their new head coach. Now Patricia, of course, coming over from New England, and the Patriots released a statement saying they were not aware of the matter, uh, and he was there for 14 years in that organization. Now, look, that's hard to believe, but coming from the Patriots organization, maybe you could understand that there's a little bit of a cover-up or whatnot. I mean, so if they don't know about it, this is not all on the Lions, I guess, although, Dave, to your point, you're hiring a guy, you're investing all that money, you got to do the the research here, and and if a newspaper can find it out, you have to figure out a way to make sure you vet every single thing possible. Well, look, I, you know, I talked to a couple of people around the uh, the league today. You know, current, former general manager, front office types, and, and one person there told me, you know, his, his first reaction was, "Wow, that could have happened to me." You know, just knowing that, look, it's not the GM, it's not the team president that's running these these you know Lexus searches. It's it's you know the the security people. So they. Um, and you're entrusting them to, to know how you know thorough it is, and especially when look when the, when the Patriots hired Matt Patricia back in 2004, he was a low-level employee, essentially a grunt who was you know helping out doing a lot of film work, you know, uh, you know assistant coach who didn't have a position, 
Um, so maybe a, a background check there is not quite as thorough. And then, look, he's been in the league for, you know, 15 years now. So it's something that I think a lot of people knew him. It's not like he's come with any sort of baggage from his time in the league. I mean, people speak very highly of him that have worked with him in New England that, you know, have been around him in the past. So at least his his time in the NFL, nobody had any questions about, you know, his character and, and what he was like as a person. Well, that's my next question, I guess, Dave. Now, I, look, I, I don't think either of us are going to minimize uh, an accusation of sexual assault, but you do go back now 22 years. The The case was dismissed, right? The, the person who was pressing charges never showed up. There was no record of this. He was never prosecuted or anything like that. So uh, how big of a deal is this ultimately for Patricia and the Lions? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think you're right. It's You never minimize anything that's gone on. Um, I think you have to keep everything in perspective here. And, you know, I, I, you know, I think last night was probably the hot take stage, right, when the information first comes out. Everybody wants to jump to, to one side or the other. I think the bottom line of it is, look, it's a he said, she said case. And the she in this has not talked publicly about this. She has not, you know, brought it up since she reported it to police 22 years ago. And so... Um, you know, we're just not ever going to know the, the full details. You know, there's two or maybe three people since, you know, there was another person charged in this as well that, that have their versions of the truth. There are no police reports left from from the incident. So the bottom line is, um, you know, barring more facts coming out, uh, you know, this is all that we have to work with right now. And um, the Lions should have done a more thorough job. Uh, you know, Matt Patricia has um, denied this staunchly. I mean, he, they, he did it with the Lions in a statement yesterday. He did it forcefully for about seven minutes at a news conference today. He read a prepared statement, then he took questions for a couple minutes, denied it, said he never committed a crime, um, said he's always been innocent. And uh, so, yeah, I just I, I don't know what comes next in this, like I said, barring more information coming out from the you know alleged victim talking about the uh, the experience. Well, right. So unless she comes out and decides to press charge again or comes out with a statement saying, well, you know what, we didn't go through with it, but he did, in fact, sexually assault me or he was part of a group, uh, does this go away? I mean, are the Lions now, look, this is not, it, it, it may not be Patricia's fault, maybe he didn't do anything, we don't know, but it's been 20, dead for 22 years. Now, all of a sudden, he finally gets a head coaching job and it comes to light. Is he going to get fired because of this, because of the bad publicity? I mean, what do the Lions do here? Yeah, no, I think, you know, the fact that, um, you know, the Lions owner, Martha Ford, was was at the press conference today along with the general manager and team president. And, and the owner, you know, she doesn't make many public appearances. She hasn't talked on the record in, you know, a couple of years here. So, uh, you know, I think that was just a very forceful show of support for, for Matt. So um, is he going to get fired? You know, no, not, not right now, not with any of the information that we have out. The Lions have, have come out and supported him. Is this always going to be a part of him? You know, I think in some people's eyes it it will. You know, in, in other people's eyes, because I've heard a lot of it on Twitter and email already. Why are you reporting this? Why does it matter? It's 22 years old. Uh, you know, leave the man alone. Um, so I think a lot of fans have come to his defense, but I, I do think there's a you know probably a minority of people out of there, at least among Lions fans, who this will always be a part of Matt Patricia. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem that I have. We're talking to Dave Burke at Detroit Free Press is that it, it, look, we don't know what happened, but what we do know is that it never went through. It never was prosecuted or anything like that. So to have that dug up from 22 years ago, 
to me is is not fair. I mean, unless the woman comes out and you know says something else, I, I just have a hard time with this whole story making a big deal and now you know smearing his name, Patricia. Again, I don't. I wasn't there. I have no idea. But I do know for 22 years it wasn't talked about at all. Now, before his first time as a head coach with the Lions, all of a sudden the story comes up and now they're going to be questioned. Look, I'm talking to you about it, Dave. I wouldn't have had you on otherwise. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a big deal. That's a big story. So I, I just I feel for Patricia in a way that I mean to dig something up for 22 years when there's no merit to it. It wasn't like it was a criminal thing. I guess if the Lions would have found this, it wouldn't have been even less of a deal. Yes, we knew about it. It wasn't anything, and and we hired him anyway. But I I don't know. I just feel for Patricia a little bit in this instance, Dave. Well, and you know, certainly he's got young kids and a family, and and there's, you know, people that that this doesn't need to affect that I'm I'm sure it has in in some way, shape, or form. Um, But you know, look, I, I understand why the the news reports came to light. I mean, it's it's you, when you're the head coach of an NFL football team, and there's only 32 of those jobs, and you know you have arguably one of the most visible um, jobs in the state of Michigan. You know, around the country, frankly, given the NFL's you know size and, and scope, um, and this is the first time it's it's ever been reported. I, I understand why why that came to light. Um, well, like I said, I think we just have to you know, keep things in, in perspective and balanced here. And, um, you know, we, since we don't have all the facts, I don't think you can say, you know, he's the worst person in the world. This was the worst hire in the world. And you can't say he's completely, you know, innocent. He completely did this. We just don't know. That's the bottom line of it. And this is something that happened 22 years ago. It happened in the past. And it's something that, uh, you know, the Lions and Matt Patricia are dealing with right now. And I guess now we're just going to be waiting with bated breath, especially you guys in Detroit, to see if something else comes out. And, I mean, I'm assuming if it doesn't come out soon, you hope that one week turns into three, a month, and before you know it, it's kind of, you know, in the rearview mirror. But if something comes out and it starts to snowball, that's where you could have a problem. Well, yes. And, again, the victim, you know, no one has published her name. and I don't think anyone will, but everybody knows um, who she is. So there's been attempts to reach her. So, you know, if if somebody, if she talks to somebody, that will certainly um, advance the story uh, and add to, uh, again, the facts that, that we already know. And, and the other thing I would say is, look, you know, Matt Patricia talked today. I don't think he answered every question that the media up here had, not when you take four minutes of questions. And Bob Quinn and Rod Wood and other people within the organization, that's the, the team, you know, president and general manager, they have not answered questions. So the next time these people talk publicly, these questions are going to come up again. It's not just a one-day story. Uh, it, it's something there are other questions that, that have to be asked. So I don't think this is completely out of the news cycle. Uh, but uh, like I said, from the Lions standpoint, I don't expect anything to happen to Matt Patricia knowing what we know now. Interesting. This may just be the beginning. All right, Dave, thanks for a couple minutes. I appreciate the insight. Absolutely. We'll talk to you again. Okay, thanks, man. Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press, uh, Lions Beat, getting some insight there to the Patricia stuff. I mean, I'm assuming by now, if you're a sports fan, you've, you've seen it. It's all over Twitter and all that stuff. Matt Patricia, after 22 years or 22 years later, it was a 1996 sexual assault accusation that he was cleared of, or allegations, I guess. I don't know if it's accusation, allegations. Um, but it was, uh, he, he wasn't cleared of it. He was, he, Patricia says he was falsely accused of it. Um, but he was accused of it at the time. And I guess the victim or alleged victim never showed up at court, never, uh, furthered the incident. Um, he was 21 years old. Patricia was at the time. The accuser claimed she was sleeping in a hotel room, uh, when Patricia and his friend burst into the room and sexually assaulted her. Two were arrested later that night, but, uh, the case was dismissed because the woman would not testify in court. 
fact she wouldn't testify, common occurrence, uh, people say. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, look, it's not good. I, I, I mean, the fact that, I mean, he was arrested. How does that not come up? Right? If you're trying to get a job, wouldn't that come up anywhere that you were arrested? It says that they were arrested. The two were arrested later that night. How does somebody, like, I, I would think on a background check, that would be one of the first things that pops up. An arrest. And then you say, well, what happened here? And then he could explain what happened there, and that's that. I get I get a bad feeling about this. I don't think we're, uh, I don't think that this is the end of it for Patricia. I think, as you heard Dave say, guys, people are going to try to get in touch with the alleged victim, probably get a comment from her, and then this could go further now. And if he did something wrong, then he should be fired and jailed or whatever the punishment may be. But if he didn't, then how do you take that back? The, you know, the 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 name, what it does to his name, besmirging of his name. Ah, man, ugly situation. 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710, the number to call. Your call's on the other side. Mets tickets still to give away this hour. Red Sox have a 3 nothing lead over the Yanks. It's early in that game. I mean, is it ever, uh, I mean, come on. You know, is it ever in doubt with the Yanks? They'll come back and find a way to win this and make it 18 of 19, I am sure. 800-321-0710, Sports Zone with Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. All right, we got some Mets tickets to give away this hour. In the Within the next half hour, we'll give those away. And it won't be for the last segment, I promise you that. You don't have to hang around uh, that whole time. I mean, you do, because you don't want to miss anything I say, but I won't drag it out that long. So just keep it here. We'll give away the Mets tickets in a little bit. 800-321-0710 is the number to call. Uh, for the caller before, this is going back now 20 minutes ago, but over 20 minutes ago, probably before the news, uh, Degrom seven starts. Mets are three. Uh, excuse me, Mets are four and three in his seven starts. Degrom three and zero with a 1.87 ERA. I mean, he has been obviously as good uh, as you could expect. Syndergaard eight starts for him. He's two and one with a 3.09 ERA, which is not what you expect from him. He's got to be better than that. Mets are five and three in his starts. As I told you, they started out five and zero, have now lost the last three. So combined, they are nine and six. In those two, when they start, DeGrom and Syndergaard, not good enough. Got to be better than that. And maybe that will change. I mean, it's got to change this weekend. Syndergaard's got to win a game. Syndergaard starts sooner or later. Here, three straight losses. I mean, it, that, that's how that is how losing streaks happen. That is how you go six and fifteen over the last twenty-one ball games. Losing your, you know, I don't even want to call him the ace pitcher number one in the rotations starts. DeGrom's the ace. No disrespect to Syndergaard. DeGrom's the ace. Now, the former Met ace, we have some news regarding the former Met ace. Apparently, Producer Mark, you have informed me. Now, I knew that Matt Harvey would be in Los Angeles with his Cincinnati Reds as the Dodgers and Reds get set for a three-game series. Is four-game series? They played nine, as a matter of fact, right? Yeah, it'll be four games. Four-game series. They play tonight. Today is Thursday, Sal. Uh, Matt Harvey... It will be Harvey Day tomorrow in Los Angeles, apparently. And we got to get the audio. I mean, somebody's got to have the audio somewhere of Matt Harvey talking to the Reds media. I saw a picture uh, of Harvey on Twitter in a Reds uniform. Hard to believe. It is like uh, going through your uh, ex's Facebook page or Instagram. I mean, that's what it's like. You do that often? Never. I've never done that in my life, Producer Mark. And if I were to ever do that, 
in my life, that's probably what it'd be like, I would assume, right? I would imagine so. I would think it's similar, right? You I now I've just I mean, I've heard from other people I would never do this myself. He's never I've, looked happier, by the way. That's I mean, he's got a big smile on his face. Um I'm gonna read you some of the quotes here and see if it bothers you the way that it bothers me. But yeah, I, I think seeing Harvey with a smile on his face in a Cincinnati Reds uniform is the equivalent of finding your ex on Facebook, hugging another guy, or doing some you know, some kind of event, going to a ball game, whatever it is, with another guy having just great fun. And there you are, sulking, depressed by yourself, wondering, why me? Why me? I, I, it's, again, this is not me speaking. I'm just assuming that that would, uh, is what it would be like if you were going through a tough breakup. Harvey, on his time with the Mets, this is a quote. There's a lot of good memories. There's a lot of bad memories. After today, I would like to not talk about my past experiences with the Mets. I'd like to move forward with my new organization and do everything I can to help them. But overall, there was a lot of good times. I have a lot of good friends on that team and will for a long time. Quote number two, Matt Harvey on the last two years. It's been kind of a roller coaster, I'd say. Battling from injuries and trying to get back to where I wanted to be and where I knew I can be. I wasn't able to do that and pretty much felt like I let the team down, so it was tough. It was really tough mentally at times. As much work as I put into trying to get back to where I know I can be, was just not having that success doing that. That is correct, Matt. Quote number three. Um, health-wise, Matt Harvey says he feels great. Um, he told the Mets he was starting to feel closer to where he needed to be. What is this article here? I should credit this. This is uh, Alden Gonzalez. Is that it? Alden Gonzalez, ESPN staff writer? Yes. Uh, he told the Mets he was starting to feel closer to where he needed to be, even though the numbers said otherwise. Harvey says, quote, when you're out there and you've struggled and you want to help a winning team, a good team, you put a lot of pressure on that. I think I might have overpressured myself. Fascinating. Matt Harvey, Harvey Day, will hit the West Coast tomorrow. He will be wearing a Cincinnati Reds uniform and will take on the Los Angeles Dodgers. It is, boy, I, as much as I've ripped Harvey over the last two-plus years, or maybe a year and a half, it, it does still... He still has a spot in my heart. Like there's, it would, the, you know, the fan part of the heart. He's still got. It's still. I still have feelings there. I haven't completely let go. I I know I didn't expect anything of him this year. I get that. I still have a little bit. I don't know if it's brokenhearted or or what from a fan's perspective with Matt Harvey, but it it does. It is very weird, and I'll tell you, it's intriguing too. Because I, I mean, that's a must watch. Don't you want to watch him? He probably only lasts two innings anyway, so I don't know if it's worth getting the uh, package for. But he'd probably be two, three innings in uh, before the Dodgers blow him out there. Um, but you do want to watch him, don't you? I mean, you can't you can't not watch. It's Matt Harvey. Not yet, at least. And then you know what's going to happen. He'll finish out with the Reds, or he'll get traded maybe at the deadline if he does anything of value. But he'll sign on next year if he does make the big uh, a, a big league club. You're going to want to watch that too. It's going to be where is he going to go? What city is he going to put himself into? Can he ever get back to where he once was or close to it? Harvey still seems to think that he can, although I think he's saying it. I don't think he truly believes it. I don't think he ever will. Um I guess somewhere maybe I should maybe I should be nice and root for him to turn it around. I just don't think he has the proper attitude, uh, let alone the stuff to ever turn it around. Bobby is in Queens. What's up, Bobby? Hey, how you doing, Sal? Uh, when you said Harvey news, I was thinking maybe he pitched tonight and he was throwing on you know 
a, a two hit, you know, <laughs> seven hitting gem, and I was ready to hang myself. But, uh, that's better news. <laughs> oh boy! You know what's coming next year, Bobby? Harvey signs with the Yanks. Harvey throws a no hitter. I mean, we, we have seen it before. It's it's gonna happen. I'm at fans. It's gonna happen. Um, real quick, uh, Jason Volga. See, this is the problem that fans have, and. I mean, he was 6-8 and eight in his last 15 starts of the second half of 2017. Correct. With a 6.4-something ERA. He was brutal. So the Mets decided, okay, we're going to go out and get him and sign him. And I don't know if they thought maybe Mickey Callaway, being that pitching coach, uh, you know, you know, genius with pitches, could fix him. And then now he's 0-3 with a 14 ERA. And in 12 innings, he's given up 26 hits, which is almost impossible. Um and five home runs. So my point being is, the, you know, the Mets fan sits there and they say, all right, you know, the Mets are cheap and this and that. It's not even just that. It's the player evaluation. It's They see this guy and they say, all right, we have to go out and try to get him. And not thinking, you know, you know what, maybe there's something wrong with this guy. Maybe he's just not the pitcher he was. Or I, I, And that's the thing I see like with, like with Rosario. It's almost like, the evaluation is terrible. I mean, this guy has no concept of a strike zone, Sal. Well, they knew that. That's one of the things they didn't like about Rosario, but then they tried to change it, and now he's... I mean, I don't know if they changed it and he's all messed up because of that or if he just is this bad in general, but it's hard to believe. Here's the thing I can't argue with, Bobby, that they have not developed the guys properly at the major league level. By the time they get here, they are not ready to make an impact. They're learning at the major league level, and they have zero impact for the most part. I mean, the majority of them, Conforto had an impact when he first came up. That's the only one. And right, and he hasn't still put together a season from start to finish at an all-star level like we expect, but almost everybody else looks like a minor leaguer when they get here. I mean, I don't understand. They haven't developed, like you said, they haven't developed a a starting everyday player. And if you, like you said, if you want to count Conforto, but you look at him and like you said, how do you, how, I mean, you don't count on him. I mean, I, well, you I have to glimpses of, you know, I mean, Don Smith, Rosario, I mean, all these other guys. Chikini, Pluecki, Nimmo. I mean, oh. Nimmo, even at best. And thanks for the call, Bobby. Appreciate it. You know, one thing, Bobby, Vargas, I'll put that on Dave Island. Island was the pitching coach there in Kansas City, so he got to know him. So I'm not going to say that that's – I mean, look, the Mets organization ultimately decided to sign him. I do believe, though, that was a combo of trusting Island and then trusting Callaway and bringing Vargas in on a relatively, what they thought, inexpensive deal, two years, $16 million – I would not have paid one cent for Jason Vargas on my team. I Maybe I saw enough of him when he was here the first time with the Mets. Maybe I'm being short-sighted. But to your point, his second half in Kansas City should have been a glaring, glaring red flag. They chose to ignore that, and, and he's been non-competitive in three starts here. I hope he could turn it around. The, the bigger issue, the lack of player development. It's just not there. You shouldn't be learning at the major league level. That is what the minors are for. By the way, Terry Collins said as much the other day in, a, in an article with, uh, what was it, the Jersey, some Jersey paper. You remember what it was, uh, Producer Mark? It was the Hartford Current. The Hartford Current, Jersey, Hartford, same thing. Hartford Current talked to Terry Collins about Matt Harvey's relationship with Harvey. Who cares about that at this point? But he also went on to say, we need to start developing some players in this organization. Yeah, yeah, I think you do. Look around at the other successful teams, the teams that sustain success. That's how it happens. Draft and develop. 
and then you could build around it. You have to do one or the other. If you're not drafting and developing, then you have to go out there and buy the guy that is developed, a la Manny Machado, a la Bryce Harper. If you're not going to do that, you have to draft and develop them. And here we are in 2018. We've been talking about this for years. I mean, this was supposed to take place six, seven years ago. The process, I hate that word, the process of developing these guys so they could be ready to produce now in this window, 15, 16, 17, 18. Here we are in 2018, no championship to show for it. Matt Harvey's already walked. At least he got the boot. Matt's has been not what you expected. Wheeler hasn't been what you expected. Conforto is having the worst year of his career. You don't know if it's the shoulder thing or what, but he's been awful through the first six weeks of the season. Cicchini, Smith, Plawecki, and I don't want to knock Nimmo, but and look, he's been positive. He's been one of the bright spots of the team this year, so maybe I should leave him out of it and think that maybe he could get even better. But nobody else has had an impact. Rosario, 800-321-0710. Keep going with your calls. Hopefully we have some Harvey sound so you can hear it from his mouth and not mine. Mets tickets to give away when we come back. 800-321-0710. Voice of New York. Sal Licata in for Pete McCarthy. 710 WR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. Should have some Matt Harvey sound in a minute. Just watching, uh, just looked up to check out the uh, Yankee game. It is pouring rain out there. Boy, I hope I don't have to walk in that uh, when I leave here. Uh, but uh, that that doesn't look promising uh, for the Yanks and Sox either. It is coming down pretty good. Yankees trail right now 3 nothing um, in that game. Couple of uh, let's do some housekeeping here. So we'll have Matt Harvey sound in a minute and a little bit. We're working on getting that. I, I read you the quotes before, but we'll actually hear some from Harvey himself. Um, got a tweet from the Bobby Valentine Army informing me that the last time the Mets batted out of order was on April 29th, 1977, versus the Padres. Bobby Valentine played third base that day for the Padres. He would, uh, I mean, uh, Doug Rader, I guess. He was uh, replacing Doug Rader. He would later replace Rader again in 1985 as the manager of the Rangers. So interesting facts right there from our friends at uh, Bobby Valentine Army. I wish I knew that before. I asked Bobby if he... I asked him if he managed at any level or been a part of that with his team, and he had said not that he could remember, but obviously it's a lot of games. And in this particular case, it wasn't with his team. It was against his team with the Padres. Uh, Ironically enough, Valentine, a part of that. That is crazy right there. We should have the Harvey sound momentarily. Let's go to Brad in Alpine. What's up, Brad? Hello? Is this me in here? Is this uh, What's going on with the phones? He's not there? Okay, he's not there. It comes up on my board. Mike is in East Rockaway. What's up, Mike? Hey, Sal. How you doing, Paisan? Good. What's up, Mike? I've heard you. I enjoy your show. Well, here's the thing. Um, I spoke to the producer before. Uh, Dad took me to the Polo Grounds in 1962. He was a Brooklyn Dodger fan, Met fan. Uh, almost two years he passed. And I've been to at least a game a year for 56 years. Okay, Cleon Jones catch 69, shook Willie Mays hand in 73, Yogi comes out. Sal, we are in a funk. They are funkified at the dish at home plate. Mm. I don't know what the hell's going on. And Harvey, you know, what a scene that was. And, uh, you know, with his statements and his demeanor and his uh, diva personality. So, uh, Conforto, like you said, Sal, 
he, he, who knows what's happening with it? Maybe the shoulder, but everybody is in a freaking funk at the dish. Yeah, it, no, the whole team right now, Mike. Uh, it, yeah. by, the, by the way, did you go to your one game yet this year? Not yet. No, I got to keep the streak going. Yeah, of course, you got to um, keep that streak going. You got to get out there. Oh, definitely. And uh, and what other game? Oh, I went to the game, uh, Sal, in the eighth grade when they filmed the triple play segment for um, the movie Odd Couple. I was at the first time I saw Roberto Clemente and Sal. A uh, little before my time, but sounds great. Yeah, of course. I got a birthday coming up tomorrow. I'll be 64. Happy so, birthday, uh, Mike. Well, enjoy your day tomorrow. Uh, uh, you know, thanks, s- Stay young at 64. Make sure you get yourself out there to City Field. Keep the streak intact. You're right. The Mets are in a funk. I mean, there's uh, there's no way around it. I do think once Michael Conforto, I- I'm just hoping it's not the shoulder Right, you hope it's not the shoulder issue for Conforto and that he breaks out of the funk. And I think once he gets going, he'll be the bat you can rely on. Him and Cespedes is back-to-back healthy in that lineup. They will produce. He's the key there. Pitching should straighten itself out with Syndergaard DeGrom up front, and you hope that one of the other guys can stabilize the back end of the rotation. All right, let's listen to Matt Harvey. Who is this courtesy of here? This is courtesy of S- okay, SNY had it. So let's listen to Matt Harvey. Good memories. There's a lot of bad memories, I think. I think, you know, after today, I'd like to not talk about my past experiences with the Mets. So, you know, I'd like to move forward with with my new organization and and do everything I can to help them. But, you know, overall, it was uh, there's a lot of good times. I have a lot of good friends on that team and, and, you know, will for a long time. And, um, you know, I I obviously wasn't able to perform the way I wanted to and the way I was expecting to. so, you know, fresh start, I guess you could say, would be is a nice thing, and, and I'm <clears throat> looking forward to my opportunity. You know, it's weird. That's one thing, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was more sound, but that's the only sound we have access to right now. It's one thing to want to have a clean start and move forward. It is another to ignore the past. And I thought that was Harvey's first mistake this year. When he first met with the media in Port St. Lucie, he sat down and was not talking about last year at all. I don't want to address last year. Whatever happened in the past happened. In the... That's not the right way. That's not the healthy way to deal with things. You have to accept it. Accept what happened. Talk about what happened. And then you can move on. And only then can you move on. Successfully. So he hasn't done that. He's never looked back and said, okay, this is what happened. I need to accept what is, what was at least, and now try to move forward. And he's doing it again in Cincinnati. No need to say that. Just sit there, answer the questions that they have, and then you naturally move forward. What do you got to say? I don't want to talk about my time with the Mets anymore. What's the matter? What's the problem? What are you embarrassed? What are you hurt? You don't want to acknowledge it? Just say, you know what? Answer the questions. Eventually, they'll go away. Eventually, if you address what happened, accept what happened, and then go out there and pitch, it will start to turn and move forward. Naturally, you will move on. It will become a rearview thing. You can't say, don't ask me about it anymore. We're moving on. Believe me, by start three, nobody in Cincinnati is going to be asking you about 2015. Especially if you perform. That's the problem you have with Harvey is he never got it. He never wanted to to take accountability. Never wanted to accept what was, what happened, and then what is the current situation that he's pitching without his stuff that he used to have. Very simple. 
It's the first step in the process of trying to regain some sense of, I don't want to say dominance, because I don't think he'll ever be dominant. But some kind of success moving forward. You have to accept and acknowledge what happened. Handler Ramirez just hit a home run for the Red Sox 4 nothing, and here come the Reigns. So, I mean, even... What inning is this game in? I mean, even when the Yankees may look like they... And look, it's way early. It's only four runs. They could be down 14 nothing, and I'd still think the Yankees would come back. But this game is in the top of the fifth, so it's not even an official game yet. Watch what happens. Right now, your chance with a pair of tickets to the Mets take on the Diamondbacks May 19th out of City Field. Brought to you by the New York Mets and Coca-Cola. Be caller number 12 right now at 800-321-0710. You'll be the winner. First 25,000 fans in attendance going to receive a Star Wars night Mr. Met as Han Solo bobblehead, courtesy of City. Purchase tickets at Mets.com slash tickets. Your calls to close us out. It's the Sport Zone. Sal Licata in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York, 710 WOR. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Yanks, Red Sox in a rain delay. We will finish the show here on the phones. Brad, let's try this again. Brad is in Alpine. What's up, Brad? Hey, thanks for giving me another shot. Yeah, no problem, sure bro. What happened for? So before you were talking about the player development and lack of, I mean, if you take a step back, you, you, we see where the where the Wilpons and the organization skimps on spending, right? The let's get Reyes on the cheap, let's take Adrian Gonzalez and sell that to their fan base because we have a minimum wage. We see where we see where they are cheap, but you got to believe that below the surface, they're not spending the money on on scouting, on the statisticians, on the player development. I mean, getting rid of Wally Backman, I think, really set them back. The guys who came up in 2015 were ready to contribute because of Wally Backman. They got rid of him. And then that gets me to my second point. I mean, this team, it's, it's either going to be – it's probably going to be this year or, or within the next two years. They're going to have to go through another rebuilding process, and it's going to be a really tough pill for a fan base to swallow given the results of, the, of this rebuilding process and how, you know, how half-assed the whole process was, right? Well, we were supposed and, to suffer through – we were supposed to suffer through, Brad, 11, 12, 13, maybe a little bit of 14, and then the reward would have been – maybe even 15 to a certain degree. The reward would have been now, 15, 16, 17, 18. And that, you know, outside of the World Series appearance in 15, which you can't diminish, it happened, okay? It was a great run. They beat the Dodgers. They beat the Cubs. They get to the World Series. Okay, you lost in five games to a great Royals team. It happens. And then they make the playoffs back-to-back years. They're out, though, in the one game, losing a bum garner in the wild card. Last year, aberration, you would hope. But right now is the window. And you're right. I mean, they're an older team. They're built to win now. If they don't win now, they're going to have to start to rebuild again. We weren't supposed to have to go through this again without the reward. The reward can't just be back-to-back playoff years with nothing happening. It should be more than that. But Sal, here, here's a scary thought. Fast forward a month from now, you have it's, it's status quo. Nothing really changes. I'm telling you the the dominant the dominant conversations on sports talk is going to be Mecha trade Syndergaard and or Degrom to the Yankees for just a you know just a king's ransom. And I mean, it's the Yankees would probably be able to pay to uh, to give more just because they have got you know they're just oozing with talent there, and they know that these guys could perform in New York, so they would probably be willing to to give a lot, but. 
Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're right about one thing, Brad, that they – look, I thought about this the other day. I mean, because we all see it, okay? The Mets don't have enough impact players. The way the sport has gone, it's not about the pitching anymore. Yes, you need some pitching, but it's about having the everyday players that can make an impact, about young guys, right, coming up through the system, producing. Well, the Mets don't have that, and the only way to get that quickly is to trade a guy like Syndergaard or DeGrom. So if they are in the tank and it's not going to get any better the next year, then yeah, I mean, they have two options. Go sign Manny Machado or trade either or both of DeGrom and Syndergaard and hope that you could get and you should get a boatload of impact prospects that should be up here within a couple of years. Well, it's just really sad that we're, we're at this point. And now it is no, it is sad. And thanks for the call, Brad. I appreciate it. Now to comment on a couple Take other care, things, no. the Reyes thing, they did not, that was not the cheap route on Jose Reyes. As a matter of fact, I thought they overpaid Reyes. He's making $2 million. They overpaid him by a million and a half. He deserves the minimum. If at all. I would not even want him on the team, but they want him for other stuff. They like it. You know, they like his presence, I guess, in that clubhouse. Uh, help Rosario along, although neither of them. I mean, you could combine the two, and you still don't have one decent player to what they've shown this year. But they were not. That was not a cheap move. If anything, they overpaid for Jose Reyes. How does Neil Walker get $4 million? Jose Reyes gets only two. Or not, excuse me. Neil Walker only gets $4 million. Reyes gets two. There's an imbalance there. And I was talking to Jim Duquette at SNY, former Mets GM, current MLB analyst. I was talking to him about exactly what you said, Brad. The fact that maybe the Mets aren't, are they not spending enough at the minor league levels as far as player development goes or scouting or all that? He see, in comparison with the Yankees specifically, I asked him. And Jim said it was not a finance issue. Not with the Mets, but that the Yankees are not doing anything more so than anyone else. It's just about having better scouts and developing the prospect. He specifically said player development is better with the Yankees. Now, that is clear, but I thought maybe it was a finance. Well, is that just not investing enough in that area, particular area? Jim Duquette seemed to say no, and I'm going to take his word for it because he's a guy who knows. He was a GM with the Mets. He knows all GMs in baseball, been covering baseball since he's been out for a long time. So I don't know. I don't believe that that's a finance thing from the Yankees or the Cubs or whatever to the Mets. I just believe it's the guys missing too often. Mets resume their series tomorrow, 6.05 p.m. Coverage begins right here. Good job, producer Mark. Good job on the board, Bob. Here's the news. Thanks to you.